Hello and welcome to Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. My name is Zach Cruz from Enrollify. I am joined again by the one and only Mickey Baines, who is uh, not on vacation uh, for the first time since we've started this this segment, or I should say, not traveling uh, since the first time we uh, since since we've launched this segment. Mickey, where where are you today? Oh, oddly enough, I thought I would change it up and and let's do this from home for once. Uh, I w- and I wish I've been on a true vacation. I mean, I have been quote unquote on vacation, but my vacations are typically different because I like to work somewhere between a quarter to a half of every day um, on my vacation. So most folks don't uh, do that on a vacation, uh, but it works for us. Well, fantastic. Thank you for taking time to to chat with us uh, yet again. Um, I you know, just to give folks a little bit of context and and remember sort of what our goal with this segment is, is every week we are trying to bring you conversation that focuses on the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that we believe separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. So Mickey, I'd love for you to just kick us off with sharing a little bit about things you've been thinking about over the past week. Again, I know that you're fresh off the road here, so um, your mind's probably in a zillion different places, but is there anything in particular over the past week that you've been noodling on that you'd like to share with us today and, and chat about? Sure. Uh, there, well, uh, you know, and as you come back from trips, you know, there are emails that get read while you're on vacation and emails that don't. And some of the ones I'm catching up on, the less important ones, a lot of uh, emails you get about um, this marketing activity, you know, download this white paper or, or document, attend this webinar, that kind of stuff. So that's so in mind, uh, mainly because part of what, you know, I have to do here at Kennedy Company is think about how we market and get our message out. And we're planning a webinar uh, for July. And as I look at what webinars are happening and seeing that, you know, I, I get frustrated sometimes. Um, you know, last week you were talking a little bit about um, press releases and the same old, same old. You know, I, I get frustrated with webinars that offer no value. Yeah. Or really marketing content that offers no value. Value, the only real value is for the company offering it so that they can get your name and information to try to sell you something. Uh, and so as we're looking at our webinar, I, I've been noodling around thinking about what value what's the what's the the take or the perspective we're offering that's going to provide the most amount of value um it, you know we when we offer these things it's it's offered to help teach and help people think about what it is they're doing to help them improve themselves not to say here are the 12 things you really need to be doing to improve it i'll explain numbers one and two you come work with us and we'll explain the rest it's it's you know it's not that how do we get past that so that's, you know, maybe not as helpful for everyone other than to know that when we have this webinar coming up in a few weeks, when you see it, you know that we're working very hard to offer something of real value. I love that. And I think that, 
you know, unfortunately, it's almost as if every webinar that I've participated in since the start of COVID-19, it, it's as if all those people went and Googled how to run a webinar and read the same blog post because like the format <laughs> of these webinars are all but identical and the content is is pretty lackluster. And you can tell too, you know, I think that there's a lot of people maybe doing this for the first time, especially for companies that, uh, you know, rely on a lot of in-person events, uh, trade shows and whatnot. They're they're shifting their sales strategies to, to uh, the virtual playing field. Um, but, you know, the, the reality of the situation is that so many of these webinars, they suck. Like, I don't know. And, and I believe that these people and, and the, the agencies and the companies that are putting these out, like, I know they're smart people. And I know that the the content and the, the product uh, that they might be offering uh, is, is at the very least interesting. But it's just funny. It's, it's, the, it's the delivery of value that you're talking about that I feel like is way too hard to come by. So I, I will have to tune into Kennedy and Company's uh, a webinar and, and give you guys a, a report card after. Um, but no, well, I... Please do. <laughs> Let's be sure that when the, the week after that webinar... When I ask you what you've been noodling on for the past week, you can tell me how you've been noodling on the webinar and give us that feedback. And we can do it as part of the podcast and let everyone know how you think we did. Because it's it's it's, it's one of those things. And I think one of the reasons folks give just that little scratch to the surface is they don't want to give away the shop, right? They yeah, don't want to give everything yeah. away. And I just kind of look at it a little differently. If I can review something in 40 minutes time, let's say it's an hour-long webinar. Realistically, it's 35 to 40 minutes at most of content. The rest is introduction, who to contact, and all this other stuff, right? But let's say if, if I can give you 40 minutes of content and that's the shop, my shop's pretty small. Yeah. If I can teach you what you need to do to solve everything in 40 minutes, then you don't need my help anyway. Yeah. Because I'm not looking to sell 40 minutes of a project. Yeah. Right? We Our work is is much more substantial than that. So what we want to do is feel how can we pack 40 minutes of value? Or if it's an hour long, let's try to make this 45 to 50 minutes, maybe 55 minutes of value to everyone so that then you walk away and you're not going to recreate an entire strategy from it, but you might be able to come up with six, seven things that you can add to your strategy and tactics to either improve them or add new things to it. So that's, that's the goal. I love that. And I mean, just uh, somewhat tangentially, but another thing that's that's been um, kind of floating on uh, around in my my head uh, recently is just this. I have I have yet to see and we're trying to do this and we've actually done this for a couple of, of clients uh, successfully, but um, it, it really has. It's not something that's taken off um, or at least that I've seen too many other people do. But like you see people recording their webinars, right? And then you get emails saying, hey, we're sorry we missed you at this event, blah, blah, blah. Like, here's the recording. Uh, you know, we and, and you know, we hope that you'll spend some time, you know, watching this, this recorded event or something like that. Um, and, you know, that's better than not recording the webinar and not sending it up, not uh, sending it out to no-shows or even people that attended but might want to reference it later. But I actually think there's huge opportunity for folks to take those hour-long, 45-minute-long webinars and chop it up. Like, find the best five minutes, throw in some, like, you know, fun music in the background, throw in a couple, like, power slides uh, with, you know, animated text or something like that. Turn it into a recap video. 
Um, because the, real, the, the reality of the situation too is that oftentimes after a webinar, you realize, okay, there were like these two or three or maybe four points that I made that I think really stood out and that, you know, the audience, whoever is listening, seemed to appreciate and that, you know, the chat was going wild during that time. Um, and the rest of it is like, eh. So I, I think that there's actually huge opportunity and it's not that hard to do. And then you have another piece of content, right? Like you can give people access to the full recording of the of the webinar, but then also like, hey, you know, maybe you don't have 45 minutes to listen to me ramble. How about three minutes to kind of watch the highlights um, and use that as another opportunity for for conversion? So I would recommend that if if it wasn't already on Kennedy, Kennedy and Co's uh, uh, radar, you guys should think about trying to do something like that as as another just offer to to send post event. You you just raised the bar and expectation for how we follow up with the webinar. Uh, so, so if we momentarily fast forward to the end of this episode, when you ask me what should people be doing the next week, doing do what Zach just said. <laughs> so so I, I had an idea as you were talking about, well, what you could do to follow up, but your idea was better. I like I like the recap video. My thought was, well, if, and, and this maybe is an alternate, if you really don't have the ability to edit that down, yeah, yeah. Uh, an hour and a half long webinar to five minutes, then at least bookmark, clip, write down. So sorry you missed the webinar. Hey, we talked about these three topics. Topic one, you can find at minute eight and a half within the recording. Yeah. Topic two, you can find at minute 16. Like You can tell them where to go so that if they're going to spend a minute or 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes listening to the recording, which is probably rare, you probably will increase that likelihood by telling them what they missed and where to find it in the recording. Yeah. Because I sure as heck don't want to just go play an hour-long webinar. Because I sign up for a good number of webinars, and I might attend 20% of them. Yeah, yeah. Of the 80 I don't, when I get a replay, maybe 10% of them I go back and listen to. But if someone were to tell me where what I missed and where to find it, I could at least go and quickly grab uh, or listen to that bit to see if it's worthwhile and then grab the information if it's worthwhile and write down what I wanted to know. So I like, but I like your explainer video because it's extra content. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and again, you can use that, you could use that for a teaser, like a, like a teaser video to, uh, 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 throw out on social that leads people to a landing page to then convert on to get the access to the full webinar or something like that. Like there's a zillion different things that you could do with it. Um, but to your, but to your point, uh, just a moment ago, and if you have like a tool, like, like a Wistia, um, where you can kind of track like where users are engaging with your content, where they're repeating, uh, you know, replaying video content, et cetera. One of the cool things about, yes. about your idea is you can see, oh, wow, like Zach went and he went to immediately to minute 15 where we were talking about this topic. He's probably interested in what we have to offer about yes. this product or that service. And that that's, that's yes. low hanging fruit, super, super easy to do. Like, um, uh, you know, generally speaking, it's, it's easy to do, but, um, that, and like, those are the sorts of things that I want to see people that are doing webinars do more of, like make it really, really, really easy for me to at least like skip through your content, at least give it a cursory overview. Um, because yeah, I'm just like you, Vicky, like I sign up for so many webinars and I, I probably only attend like 10% of them. And a lot of the times it's like, I actually am very interested in the topic. It's just, by the time I get my little Outlook reminder that this event starts in in an hour, it's like, oh gosh, like I'm so behind on this report that I'm working on. Like, there's just no Correct. way. 
Um, so it's not yep. it's not a lack of interest. Um, and and I might get one follow up email from this brand or, or company or, or whatever it is, um, and and then that's it. Like it's like I'm I, I don't get any other communication from them. So so when we come, I, I want to pivot, but when we come back to this. Uh, or when we get to my other topic I'm going to hit on today, this 101 to 401 model, yeah. I want to use the webinar as an example. So we'll come back to that. But before we jump into that, I, what have you really been noodling on for the past week? Great question. Um, so several things, but I think the most interesting thing um, – at least I, I find that this is, I found this to be interesting. Um, and this is an example of what I would call like low hanging fruit that, uh, anyone in enrollment management with a half decent CRM should be able to do. Um, and this is like email, this has to do with email ABT, AB testing. So I was talking with, uh, a few friends, um, who are in the industry and we were uh, messaging on LinkedIn and I was saying, Hey, I'm putting together some, just you know, a quick little report on how, um, how higher ed uses, uh, AB tests specifically for, for emails. And I, so I was saying, Hey, can you talk to me about some AB tests that you've run, uh, over the past four weeks? And again, my, my, uh, my pool here um, was was about five people, so small, right? But these were five people, five enrollment managers at different uh, institutions. Three were at state institutions, two were at private schools at all different levels, undergrad, grad. Um, and every single one of them came back and said, oh, yeah, you know, honestly... We know that we need to be doing A/B tests, but we just we just we just don't get around to it. Like we don't know. Like, do we really want to test like one button versus the other, one image versus the other? By the time we get around to actually drafting the email blast, like or or the the uh, email sequence, we don't want to come up with a version two. And so it, it it just got me thinking. I was like, gosh, like this this is something that is so easy. And again, most CRMs make this make this pretty easy. Um, to, to implement, why aren't people doing this? Why aren't we doing this more? So I put together for uh, this this weekly segment that we put out uh, on Enrollify called Fridayas. It's a, a, a weekly video segment. I put together uh, 10 create what I call creative-ish ideas for email A-B tests. Um, and these are really, really dumb, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I thought I would just quickly go through uh, three of them in case there's anyone listening to the show today that's like, okay, I know that we need to be doing, like this is like super easy, super low hanging fruit. I just don't know where to start. So I thought it would, I would, it would be, I'd be a little bit quippy and try to make these a little bit fun. So the first one, uh, my, my, fa- my three favorites are as follows. So I have the, uh, the Donald Draper versus the Steve Jobs test. And the Donald Draper test <laughs> is a, uh, an email test where it's, you know, Pulitzer winning copy. So minimal design, but really, really good kind of compelling words. Like you are like pouring over the copy of this email, right? And testing that against the Steve Jobs email, which again, has the same content, but it's it's uh, less copy and it's more design heavy. So it's a beautifully designed, like Apple-esque, like email um, with, with, with limited copy. And, and that's test number one. Test number two is what I call the the Trader Joe's versus the Costco uh, A B test, and 
this is this is a test for whether or not personalization works better for this email blast or again maybe this is an inquiry conflict whatever it is so the trader joe's has you know three or more you're using three or more personalization tokens so information that you have on the list that you are sending this communication to you're hyper personalizing it so you've got beyond just you know a first name you've got maybe and being you know, a program of interest at the very least maybe you know that this prospect is interested in playing soccer at your school Maybe you also know that uh, you know they have an affinity for the drama club, and you throw in a little picture of of uh, theater kids or something like that, right? Uh, versus the Costco, which is little to no personalization. So maybe a uh, hey Zach, and and that's it. So you test, right? Again, the bulk of the email is the same copy, but you're just testing whether or not. Uh, how influential personalization is in that communication. Um, and then the final uh, one that I'll mention here is what I call the couplet versus the free verse. And this is a subject line uh, email A-B test. And the couplet is preview text, so the little snippet of text that you see before you open the actual email that's not the subject line. It's preview text that piggybacks on the subject line. So we've talked about Sweetgreen before, Mickey, and they just do a, they do a fantastic job pretty much all of their emails uh, use what I'm calling the the couplet model where you've got subject line text that um, says something like, hey, Zach, and then the preview text is, hope you're having a great day, right? So like they they work off of each other. So you do the couplet versus what I call the free, the free verse test, which is that the subject line and the email, excuse me, the preview text are unrelated. So just two different opportunities for real estate to say whatever it is that you want, but they're not necessarily uh, married to each other. So anyways, that was my uh, monologue for the day, but um, that that is what I've been noodling on is this idea of how do you make it really easy and give people fun, cool ideas for uh, doing something that is as simple as email A-B tests. And that is a conference presentation. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't you know. You can about use that. all ten of them. Yeah. If you pull all ten of them, it really is. I did one one time a conference presentation. I don't know. It's like forty recruitment ideas in forty minutes, or, or fifty minutes, or something like that. Um, and it was just flying through it. But this one is a little. Is you don't have to fly through it. But you know, if you say you have forty five minutes, you know, give yourself five minutes for intro, ten minutes for questions after. That leaves you thirty minutes. As three minutes per idea on, and then if you're demonstrating how to do it, conference presentation, right there. There we go, love it. All right, I'll have to make a note next time uh, we're allowed to go to conferences. Uh, I won't. That's I don't want to do this over virtual over there. Uh, there's too many virtual events, so and it wouldn't be as fun to see people's react. You know, you wouldn't be able to see people's reactions. So, but noted, noted. I'll save that for uh, for next time we get back on the road. All right, I awesome. want to transition because. I want to I want to talk about um, um, the core topic of, of today's conversation, and we'll see if we can like power through this in in ten minutes or so. Um, Mickey, you have talked a lot about uh, admissions one hundred and one versus four hundred and one. You know, you've got two hundred and one and, and three hundred and one, et cetera, in there. Really, as sort of a framework for thinking about what can, from a strategy standpoint and from a tactic standpoint, what is doable and isn't doable depending on the context of your individual uh, admissions office. So, can you just start by diving in, sharing a, a little bit about where this sort of framework came from and how should schools make use of it? Sure. So I started it realistically in our work with CRM uh, as a way to explain and demonstrate advanced use of 
CRM. Because if I'm if I'm looking at or working with an institution that's implementing a CRM, and you listen to their vision and their goals and dreams of what they want to accomplish, most of the time they're giving a, at least an intermediate level uh, example of what they want to be able to do inside the CRM. Uh, and then depending upon where they are right now. They rare if they're at the intro scale where they've never used it or barely scratched the surface of what a CRM could do, they rarely understand the complexities of managing and building out that tool to get to that intermediate or maybe even advanced level. So as I try to explain to them what CRM use is, I broke it into this academic model. So if we think about what a 101 level course is all the way up to a 401 level course, you, you know that it's getting more advanced and complex and deeper, uh, right? And so if you've never used a CRM before and you're telling me you want to do this super advanced stuff and you start listing out all those great things, AI, predictive, all this other stuff. Sure. You, you're not going to in six months time, most likely at least, not will not be – jumping into that CRM at a 401 level. You don't put a freshman in a 401 level course, you put a freshman in a 101 level course. And if a freshman's had AP English before they enroll, then you may put that freshman in a 201 or a 102, but you don't just jump right to 401. And so that's that that's that concept. And so we started using that as a way to talk about admissions work. And we look at admissions strategy, admissions tactics, we, we want to kind of break it down so as, when the school says, hey, we need to be doing more. We want to run these digital campaigns or we want to at least talk digital marketing or you know, rethink what a virtual event is. Uh, and, and we have this grandiose idea of this intense, complex virtual idea uh, or, or idea for a virtual event. Well, what does that really mean? And let's look at where you are and at least understand the gap between where you are and where you want to be to better understand what steps I need to take to get there. All right. Sure. So I, I, I said a moment ago, we'd circle back to this idea. Uh, so say we wanted to do a, a, a virtual open house, which we already said last week is an overplayed thing and you need to rethink it. But yep. let's just say you haven't rethought it. And you're going to do this virtual event, uh, and you want to send out a recording of the event to everyone that it, that signed up um, and maybe didn't show up. Uh, so, yes, you can. Your systems, especially if you're using any basic webinar type program, they'll help you create an automated email that boom, here's the link to the recording. Thanks for signing up, or sorry we missed you. Here's the link to the recording. That's basic, yeah. right? So if you wanted to do the links like I was mentioning. So at, eight, at you know, eight minutes in, we talked about this. 15 minutes, we talked about this. 25 minutes, we talked about this. That's pretty simple. It's still using that same recording. I'm taking the time to go kind of set those bookmarks and have those links that'll take you right to that bookmark. And then I can track which links you clicked on to know what your interest is. That's becoming a little more intermediate, at least, because now I have more I have more data about your interests. And if I'm really good at it, I can then have follow-up campaigns that kind of target you based sending out information about what the topic was you clicked on. So if, you know, at minute 15, I started talking about our honors program and that's what you clicked on, I could have a campaign set up to talk about our honors program. Yeah. And that gets launched 24 hours later. And it could start potentially with a message from the director of the honors program 
Now think about that. I'm interested in honors. I haven't told you I'm interested, but I've clicked on it. And now I'm starting to get information about the honors. I'm working my way as an well as a prospective student. You as a as an institution are working your way up higher on my list because you're sharing with me, and I don't have to work any harder to get more information about it. Yeah. So, right, that's what we're doing. And 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 what may take a little more work, it's a little more complex. But what if we did another video about the webinar to kind of recap what occurred, right? And doing it that way instead of taking this hour long video. What if we did? I don't know, one video or two videos. And if I did two videos and say in video one, we're going to talk about these two topics that we covered. Video two, we'll review what we covered for the other two topics. And depending on what you click, that still gives me some data. Yeah. But it, but I'm taking a little more steps. So that's getting a little deeper and a little more uh, time consuming. And, uh, and let's just say another example. Let's talk about A-B testing. If you're doing all your email can- campaigns and you and, – and let's let's – well, let me pause. If your communication plan is 90 plus percent email, maybe 100 percent email, okay, and you're not doing any testing, you're at a one-on-one level. I don't care how pretty your emails are. You're at one-on-one level. If you, when we start looking at what a 201 or 301 or 401 level is, we're talking about doing things like A-B testing. We're talking about using data about the email response that you had, that a prospective student has. So if I'm a prospective student, I received 15 emails and five of them that I clicked on all had something to do with cost. And I've got a then campaign that starts to connect with people about cost. Okay. Now that's a little more advanced. So we're trying to break that down so you can understand. So if you say you want to be advanced, because we will have clients that will come to us and say, Hey, We've got this basic stuff. We want to be advanced. And you ask, well, what is it you want to do? The answer is, I don't know. I just want to be advanced. Yeah. So, okay, that's something that's getting closer to being more advanced. And so what does that mean? What do you have to learn? Or do you want to pay a third party to do it all for you? Let's start teaching them some of that so they at least understand what that is and know what they need to be doing to manage themselves or that they, hey, we need, we have to be advanced. We have no ability to do that in the short term on our own. So instead – Let's use someone else to do it if we have to. But but that's kind of the idea behind that. So an admissions 101 to 401 is looking at multiple components. So we let's look at uh, your communications. Let's look at what you're doing with your events. Let's look at how you're following up with those events. Let's um, let's talk about how you manage your staff and how you have them assigned to your territories or whatever type of assignment process you have and, and how you're helping coach them towards uh, engaging their prospect pool. Let's look at how you're using technology. All these various dynamics kind of blend together to say, okay, you're operating at about a 201 level. You want to improve the effectiveness of your operation. Let's talk about what it means to be at 301 and what you need to be doing to get there. So that's 101 to 401. Did I keep that within 10 minutes? I love it. Yes, yes. No, you, you've, got okay. a, you've got a whole nother few minutes to go. No, and, and what a, <laughs> one of the things that uh, was coming to mind as you as you were just uh, talking there was one of, we talk a lot about starting with the end in mind, right? So a lot of times, as you're saying, you, you might hear from some enrollment management team, okay, we want this to happen. We want a 
15% increase in our, our our app pool, right, over the next cycle or whatever it is. Um, and when they're launching a campaign, they're like, okay, well, you know, we need to launch a, a Instagram campaign and we need to launch a LinkedIn ca- campaign and we should maybe do some blogging. Um, but it's not very, it's uh, we're from at a campaign level, like you might know at the 30,000 foot level that you want a 15% increase in your, your app pool. Um, but at a campaign level, you're often not, you jumped immediately to tactics uh, before you think very strategically about, okay, what is the actual purpose of this individual campaign and how does this fit into the larger context of our 12 month game plan to increase, you know, uh, our app pool by 15%. And so one of the things that's coming to mind as you talk about kind of the, the differences between admissions 101 versus admissions 401 is this idea of thinking critically about, okay, where are you at right now? Maybe you're at a 101. Maybe you want to get to a 201. What would it look like for you to be able to get there? Like, how would you, what, what are the kind of like the key performance indicators, the KPIs that would help you and your team know that, okay, you've graduated to level two. And I think that if, if you're not specific and intentional about identifying that from the beginning, um, it makes it really, really hard to differentiate yourself as a, as a more advanced player, a more advanced user versus somebody who's who's more of a beginner. So I guess this is a long way of asking a fairly simple question, which is that, do you have any sort of um, um, specific indicators, specific key performance indicators that you could give people to sort of think about like their progress, their, their graduation from step one to step two, from 101 to 201? How might folks start think, thinking about things um, as how, how might people be able to tell whether or not their team is ready to sort of progress to that next level? So uh, when we look at the level as a whole, uh, which I, this is a, a good question and it's a tough question to answer, by the way. So uh, thank you for throwing me the first real question on this topic, uh, the hardest one. And uh, because realistically, you know, as I mentioned, it, it's kind of broken up in like components. And so it's almost like an aggregate. Uh, can you be at a 201 if you're at 401 communications, but 101 and everything else, right? Um, yeah. And so that's, and, and so it's really looking at an aggregate and where you are. Do you have to be at a 201 in every component to say you're at a 201 level? I, that's not the way we interpret it. We think that you can. Um, it, it's, it's just understanding, okay, here's where you are in these components. This one component where you're at 101, you know, these are the things you need to be working on to kind of get here. Um, and, and again, going back to what the original vision was, because it's not just saying, okay, well, you're, 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 you're here at 201. Well, you know, because you're doing these four things of communication, we're saying you're, you're at a 201 level. You're right at that cusp of being a true intermediate and getting, and, and getting well into that intermediate use versus you know, the 401 or the 101. So we, it's not like there's a, a specific thing that you have to be doing or or specific five things that you have to be doing or even 10 for across the board. It's looking at each of those components and saying, you know, on an aggregate level, this is, this is where you are. Um, You've got some great communications and you're doing some super cool things there, but your staff doesn't have the best um, understanding of what they need to be doing to following up with their prospective students. Uh, and it could be looking at your strategy to say, you know what, um, 
your staff may not be able to follow as well as we'd like to see them following up with a prospective student. But the way your whole admission strategy is, because you're a large public institution, they're not having to reach out to 80% of the folks in the prospect pool. They're reaching out to 10%. So it's not quite as important. Um, to have that in there versus having a stronger use of technology. Sure. Right. And so that it, all of that kind of comes into play in that assessment. And so that's that's where we kind of come back and and say, okay, let's look at a, I wouldn't call it a diagnostic. Let's look at a report and say, here's what we found in here in each of these components. Um, so I don't know if that helps answer that. No, no, I think I, th- I think it does. And I mean, I think one of the things that folks, I think I, I think a helpful sort of like very practical takeaway. Uh, with respect to how to how to get started here would be for for people to be able to say okay where uh, where do I feel like I'm at right now like where do I feel like me and my team are at right now um, uh, with an understanding of the resources that you have etc um, and if you feel like you're at a a level one you're at admissions 101 um, what would it look like in your context right to get to level two level three and level four and again be specific and say okay I would feel like we had made progress uh, all of this is obviously relative to an individual's context and to an institution's context but as you've so neatly uh, outlined for us but what would it look like for me to feel like I me and my team have graduated to level two level three and level four and so I think a really helpful practical exercise would be you know Get everyone around the table or the virtual table maybe this summer and say, recognize like, okay, where are we at right now? Identify that and then say, um, okay, what does level two look like? And get buy-in from the team. Okay, level two would look like being able to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, what about level three, right? Oh, it would look like, you know, doing A, B, and C, et cetera. And so I think that that's something that every single person listening to today's show could do in their context. Um, and what I love about that is once you once you know what it takes to get to that next level, um, you, you, you at least have a goal. Um, and then from there, you can say, okay, what do we think it's going to achieve? Like, what is it actually going to take for us to do what we have now defined as level two and level three stuff? Um, and how do we, how do we uh, move in that, in that direction? Yep. And, and look, it, it's going to come back to how you, what you mentioned a few minutes ago. It's knowing um, where do we want to be? What do our numbers need to be? What were our numbers last year? What did we do to get to those numbers? And what do we have to be doing now to be get to those numbers next year? And let's understanding that gap. And then let's look at all the various components of what we do to find what we need to be doing within each of those areas. I mean, th- if, you're, if you're looking at a way to run your summer retreat, this is a fantastic way to kind of go about that because you can have a group saying, let's work on what does it mean for us from technology? What does it mean from us from outreach? What does it mean from us for events? You know, all of those from if, in, if you have everybody from enrollment management in the room, not just admissions, what does it mean for our scholarship strategy? Right. Yeah. How do we you know, if we need to increase 10 percent, we need 10 percent at minimum more leads. And I say at minimum because depending upon how you go about getting those leads, you may need more than 10 percent. Because if you want to say, hey, we're not doing a lot of digital and we're going to use digital to help us grow 10 percent, you don't just increase your increase by 10 percent because digital leads don't convert at the same rate that other leads that you generate convert. So, you know, you have to think about, okay, if we generate right now 250,000 inquiries and we want to grow 10%, I might need 45,000 more inquiries. Yeah. What am I going to be doing to get 45,000? Because what I did 
got me 250 last year. Now I need 295. Yeah. And I use this all the time. If you need to grow by that amount, you don't tweak a couple of things and grow that way. You yeah. can't take what you did and add a couple little things here and there. That that's not going to cut it. But if you don't sit down and think about what is it we did to get to 250 and to realize that what you can't just tweak those to get to 295. If you don't have that thought process, you're not going to get to the big level uh, or that that larger level of thinking that you need to get to to ensure that you get to 295. I love it. I love it. And I you know, I think that our our tactics and takeaways here for folks are to do exactly what you just said, right? Get people around a table, a virtual table, whatever it is, and start by and again, ideally the entire enrollment management team and start by saying, what do you, where, where does each uh, person, each department, right? Each specialty feel like they're at, what does it look like to get to that next level? And then what does it look like to get to the level after that? And being able to like outline that specifically, I think would be a fantastic use of any and all enrollment management, uh, enrollment managers, uh, time over the next, over the next seven days. I love it because now we've just hit on what should you be doing over the next seven days. You just saved that. Exactly. Right exactly. I, I thought I'd, I'd sneak one in there, but you know, what? <laughs> actually, you know, uh, the last thing that I'll say Mickey, and then if you have anything else, uh, uh, feel free to throw it in or, or we'll, uh, we'll call this podcast, um, finished, but it would be really cool if we, maybe we could work together on outlining, um, for, for maybe one specific kind of tactic, like, uh, what does admissions 101 look like for digital media? Or what does admissions 101 look like for, you know, email marketing? And then what does 201 look like? What And it'd be neat if we could come out with like a, a little resource to give out to people and just say like, these are the sorts of like questions that you that you would be asking if you were at level one, level two, level three, level four. Sure. It'd be fun to it'd be fun to come out with something, maybe just like a quick like one pager or whatever to to just help guide folks, especially as they hopefully um, um, you know take away some some gold from this conversation and implement it in their context. That is very achievable. Oh, great! So uh, you'll you'll get it to me by uh, by COB tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh. Well, today's Friday. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, COB Monday. I love, I love work and all, uh, but I don't know if I love work so much that I want to do that on Saturday. All right. Well, we are we're we're telling our <laughs> listeners right now that we will get you something like this at some point. Yes. Hopefully soon. Yes. So they can hold. Let's us say, accountable. how about next Friday? There we go. How about next Friday? That's Let's that's give a fantastic it a week goal. And we'll have that out. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, sir, for your time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It was uh, fun as always. Hopefully, you enjoyed hearing us uh, ramble and and speak from our our soapboxes. If you have any feedback, feel free to reach out to me at zach at enrollify.org. And uh, we can, you know, where our goal is to make this show, this segment helpful and interesting and hopefully a little bit entertaining for you. Um, so let us know how we can improve that. And Mickey, thank you for, uh, again, your wisdom, your, your inspiration, your passion, uh, have a fantastic weekend and we'll be, uh, we'll be right back here next week. Thanks Zach. Thanks everyone.